In her book, Operating Instructions, author Anne Lamott quotes this guy I know as saying this, my mind is a bad neighborhood that I try not to go into alone. Author Hannah Brencher says, I feel these words on a deep level, on a spiritual level. Until these last few years, I never understood the importance of maintaining my mind or checking for the scripts I'm believing and cutting out lies. I had to wake up and realize that I would have to fight for a healthier brain and that God joins me in this fight every single day. We've talked together in this series called Thrive about how thriving begins with rest in the very presence of God. The very foundation for thriving is the lavish love of God who runs to us with open arms. And last week we talked about the heart of the mission, that thriving is spending yourself on behalf of others, joining Jesus in the work that he's doing in the world. In this final message in the series, I want to invite you to look at the strength of your mind, to look at how thriving begins here. Thriving starts in your mind. There are many books that I have read over the course of, of these last two years particularly. This sermon is born from that study now, some others were telling me some names of some more titles. I feel like sometimes there's a spike in interest on a particular topic, and a lot of people write on it, and I love that, because though I've read 12 or 15 on this topic throughout these last two years, they were naming even some more that I could add to my list. So with your bulletin, you received this handout, and I invite you to look at this. There's a, a few. I chose the top five for recommended reading. Some of you want to go deeper into this, and you can read those there. But this is coming out of that invitation that I sensed from God to focus on the mind, to see what God could do in my mind. Craig Rochelle, in his book that I referenced there, calls this struggle the ongoing war for our minds. Winning the War in Your Mind is the book title. And he talks about these battles, maybe you can relate. The battle between faith and fear. The, the battle between wanting to trust, desiring to trust God with your life and wanting to have control over your life. Anyone relate to that one? Knowing your calling, desiring to follow God in that calling and the crippling insecurity and fear in living from that place. And we could list more, right? We could keep going. There's this war, and many times our minds are the battleground for this struggle. So as we look in this place, this understanding of our mind being the place where we can experience strength, we recognize that everything starts here. We talk about exercising and eating right or having healthier relationships, having time with God. All of that starts in our mind, every part of it. We think of the other aspects and elements, but it begins right here. It begins with a decision. It begins with how we're thinking and the way that we're approaching our life. So the great news today is that God not only invites us, God not only instructs us, but God gives us the power and strength to experience change in our lives. That's the hope. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and all the scripture quotes that I'm sharing with you today are from Paul because we journey with Paul 
for his own transformation. Paul, who on the road to Damascus encounters Jesus, and then it's throughout this writings that the Holy Spirit inspired that we see his own growth and his own journey and his own transformation. He says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. He talks about the power of each of our thoughts being held by Christ. But God not only says take captive every thought, but gives us the power with which we can do that. Let's jump backwards and read the two verses just before this. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to diminish strongholds. You see, for many of us here, the enemy has set up strongholds in our lives. Places where we are believing lies. And we come back to them again and again. And science research, if you've studied this area, we develop neuropathways in our brain and they allow us to return more easily to those ways of thinking and those ways of being. And yet, God's word says that we have divine power to diminish those strongholds, to demolish those strongholds. That we can actually experience thriving that starts in our mind as we develop this strength by God's power. That we have been given, the word here in Greek is dunamis, dynamite, power, strength, to overcome. That though the enemy has held out these places in our lives where we are believing lies, we can experience freedom and truth in those places. So I want you to think through, what are the lies that you believe? What are those things that you keep coming back to? Where does God want to break through with divine power into your life? Think about your own talk in your mind for a moment. You're always going to make decisions like this. You're a fake. You won't succeed. You'll always be in this situation. No one loves you. You'll always be broke. God isn't listening to your prayers. Why are you even trying? You're never going to have a good marriage. No one loves you. No one would miss you if you were gone. Your life isn't making a difference for anyone. You're not enough. It's all meaningless. You can't trust God or other people. Lies. All of them lies, but in some form or another, they can get repeated and they can become strongholds in our life. So though we now call it narrow pathways, scripture actually said this too. Proverbs 23, verse seven, as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. Our thoughts affect the way that we live and engage with the world. 2 Timothy 1.7 is so powerful. It's been a text I return to again. God says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That God is inviting you and I into a healthier mind, an experience with God that will allow us to thrive in 2023. God wishes for us to have soundness of mind and strength within us. We as humans conform. We all find different people to conform to so our lives don't look the same, but we find people that we think have achieved or success and we follow after those conforming our lives in those ways. Romans 12, 2 shifts this focus and says our mind, our conforming should be in a different way. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, 
but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The committed life is shown in how we live this life in this world, but not being trapped by this world. Our master Jesus said, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. And somehow the way that you think, the way that you process, the way that you act is different by the power of God within us. If Rome was an empire that was so powerful and its influence so pervasive during the time of Paul, the empire of our time is even more. Rome demanded sacrifice and devotion. We can look back and easily identify what was going on in that time, see the idolatrous claims for what they are, but yet in our own life, it's sometimes hard to recognize those things that pull us right now. We have the same relentless pull now. We are tempted too to identify with something other than a total and complete surrender to God. We're pulled to believe lies that our identity and our worth and our value are found in something other than God. But Paul says instead of conforming to this pattern, you can instead be transformed. I love how this commentator translates this. He says, do not let yourself be shaped by what everyone else does, but rather let yourselves be transformed by a whole new way of thinking. Thriving starts in your mind. Any change that you're making this year starts in your mind. Being transformed into a whole new way of thinking. In another book that I read during these last two years called Soundtracks, John Acuff asks, what is the soundtrack of your life? He says, if your life is a movie, what is that background music and the script that goes along with it? What's the commentator saying and what's the song lyric and what's going on in the background of your movie? Well, it's heartbreaking what's going on in some of our movies <laughs> of our minds because you wouldn't say that to someone you loved. There's sometimes this narrative that we can just fall into to where you do something and suddenly you're right there with the commentary, but it's not the commentary that you want and it's not true. So he asked this question, what's the soundtrack of your life? What's the soundtrack of my life? What is it that we find ourselves repeating? We want a strong mind. How can we have the strong mind that God desires for us to allow God to strengthen us? So what you have here, three, now these are not easy steps. The implica implications and the steps um, when implemented are hard. But three simplified, helpful instructions that will help us to thrive. Craig O'Shell says, identify lies you're believing, replace those lies with God's truth, and then train your mind to speak that truth over and over again. Speak it, write it, text it, repeat it. So the first one is to identify the lies. Take a moment to just write out, what is it that you are believing? What is it that you find yourself saying? Do you find yourself saying statements that if you trace it back, go back to core lies like no one loves you, your past is too bad for God to forgive, you can't trust God, you're not good enough, you'll always be in a struggle that you're not good at relationships. There are core lies that we have believed and God wants to free us from those. 
You never know when you write something what's gonna resonate, but someone brought it up this week and this has been something that's resonated with others in Deep Calling. I talk about naming the brokenness and that you can't be healed from something that you're not willing to own. So that when we name the lie, we're able to experience the truth and be set free. But we can't have that until we have the courage to own it. We can't experience the healing until we're encouraged to say, have the courage to say it's broken. So what's not working in our thinking? What is it that you would identify and write down are the lies that you believe that you want to have replaced with truth? Name them, have the courage to write them down. Dr. Amishi Jha, which is another book that you could write down on that list in Peak Mind, and Dr. Carolyn Leaf in Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, they talk about the neural pathways that we develop with our thoughts, that the more often you think a thought, the easier it is for you to think it again. The more often that you think a thought, the easier it is to think it again. So imagine if we are developing neural pathways of praise, gratitude, affirmation, love, growth. If your first thought when you don't get something is, wow, I'm still learning that. Wow, I'm so proud of myself for taking this up because I am trying something new. Clearly, I did not do that well. I'm clearly trying something new. What an awesome growth mindset. What if those were the neural pathways that we had developed? That instead of, I wonder if God can love me now, I'm so grateful our God's love is powerful enough for anything. That we have developed so clearly these pathways that allow us to know and to rest firmly in the love and the power of God in spite of the external circumstance that we're facing. Have you ever had a frustrating day and you find yourself going uh, to do things in response to that frustration and anger that are not helpful? Anyone? So you're frustrated and it's that proverbial, you know, like you argue with someone and then you turn and you turn out and you do it on the next person and then the last person kicks the dog, right? Because it goes from one person to the next person instead of breaking the cycle of what's going on. So if we have a frustrating day and we're feeling like creating chaos in a relationship or doing something, we can have pathways that actually allow us to stop and, oh, my pattern is when I feel this way, I'm texting someone for prayer. Or my pattern is that I'm gonna stop and breathe and pray. My pattern is that instead of doing that, I'm going to choose this. Someone was describing that they get into this pattern of they look in the mirror and they, they don't find themselves to be someone that they love and value. They look in the mirror and all they think is, you're ugly. So they said instead they broke that pattern and they went on a walk and God just led them to gratitude. They said, I have legs to walk. I have hands that can move. I have eyes that see. I can hear the birds right now. And they said that as they walked along, they suddenly were focusing on all the amazing things their body could do. And it shifted their whole focus. Now we don't all have the same bodies or the same abilities. If your body doesn't move and work like that, wow, I have a heart that's compassionate that can make a difference in reaching out to other people. Or I might not have eyesight, but I have great hearing and perfect pitch. Or I might not have this, but I have this. As we shift those things, we develop new pathways and new patterns so that when you want to numb out or you feel overwhelmed, that you can instead make conscious choices that lead you to 
a, a better life, a healthier brain, a healthier, thriving brain. Yes, there are good times for eating the entire bag of chips and watching something for enjoyment. But binge watching the entire season, yeah, maybe there's a time for that too. However, if that's your routine, if that becomes your habit, if that becomes the cycle of your life, is that what you want? Or how does God want to lead you to a healthy place in your mind, a place where you're able to process those things with someone that you love? Someone brought up something really important after first service that it can be like, oh, if I'm going to have a strong mind, I need to do this on my own. And that's actually the opposite. We get power from God and also from others. That's why I mentioned texting for prayer, reaching out to call a friend, being honest about what it is that you're believing can then lead you to the freedom by talking with and receiving support from others. That's actually the opposite of a sign of weakness, is to actually reach out for help. We can change these patterns as we continue to develop different habits. So think about the lies you're believing. Not deserving, not lovable, no hope, unseen, worthless, better than everyone else, not good enough. They look different for all of us. But then the second step is name the truth. Think about and name the truth. Now sometimes the lies that we have, there's truth in them. One of mine is I'm not enough. I don't have enough time, love, patience, the list can go on. But as I sit in the presence of God, I realize that's true. And I also come into the presence of a God who is enough. And so the transformation is sitting and realizing that I have more than enough because I am in with a God who has more than enough. So you think about the, the lie and you think about the truth and then the transformation comes as we're able to experience something different. I'm alone, you might say. God says, never will I leave you or forsake you. I don't like me. Someone might say they need that. Psalm 139 says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who you are. That God promises to always provide a way out for you, no matter what you're facing. So instead of saying, I'll be stuck here forever, God is faithful to provide a way out so that I can stand up under it. That's the truth. That's the truth God speaks into our life. What truth do you need to hear? The third part is, to train your mind with the truth. Over and over again, just like you're training for a race or practicing the piano or learning a new game, that we do it again and again. We speak it, we write it, we text it, we repeat it. We keep going back to it again. That book John Acuff wrote, where he talks about soundtracks of our lives, he invites, and I took this invitation two years ago, each of his readers to write an anthem, to write an anthem that you say morning and night that shapes your life. So you think about what it is that you want to shape your life. In the context of this message today, what are the truths that you want to hear in your life? What is it that you want to hear every day that would allow you to be firmly rooted in who God is and who you're called to be? Now, my lies are going to be different than your lies, and so my truth is going to be different than what you might repeat every day. The truth of God's word remains for all of us, but there's different aspects that each of us need. So some of mine, three of mine, there are several, but one of them 
is today is brand new, tomorrow is too, for your mercies are new every morning. How great is your faithfulness, O God. I focus my mind even now on your faithfulness, for you've always been faithful to me. Every morning and night, that's one of the things I say every morning and night, because God is faithful. God has never been unfaithful to me. And so I repeat that, that I have a gift worth giving because God has made me fearfully and wonderfully made. That God speaks over me, you are my beloved, and in you I am well pleased. Let me share from a place of love with everyone I meet today. That, for me, that shapes my life. Let that love shine from my life is my prayer. A third one for me, and yours are going to be different, but I hope God leads you to those is you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So run with perseverance the race marked out for you. Run faithfully. That's mine. I have many more that I, that I say, but morning and night, this becomes an anthem that shapes your life. The scripture, the truth, speaking this is to make a conscious choice about the thoughts that you will think, the thoughts that I will think. And for the last two years, that's made a difference for me. Because in hard times, you go back to the neural pathways that you've developed. Will you take the time, will I take the time to think about what message we are internalizing. Has anyone read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear? It's read by millions and millions of people, so some of you have had to read it. Anyone? Anyone? Okay, he talks about developing habits in our lives and that we think big, but you can start small and especially attaching new habits to habits you already have. So how many of you brush your teeth regularly? <laughs> That's an awkward question, isn't it? I had a whole row of kids last service that raised their hand. It was great. That was fantastic. But if you brush your teeth regularly, you can attach a habit, a new habit, a new message to what you have already developed a habit of. So as you brush your teeth, <laughs> create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. As you go to get your hot beverage of choice in the morning, minus Tachino, yours might be green tea, yours might be something, something. As you go to get your hot beverage and you are holding that in your hand, delight yourself in the Lord and the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. May I find delight in you today. Connect these truths with habits that you already have. And then you can start to see God in everything, in everywhere, in the little ways as you're making your child's lunch that you then, as you bless your child as you're making the lunch, you think through and pray through something specific for them. All the things that you already do, connecting those truths with those things that you do. This new pattern, this new year, enabled by the dynamite power of God, has the opportunity to lead us further in this lifelong journey toward greater thriving. It's God's desire, God's invitation for us to live fully, life abundant. There's this great story about a little boy with his mom. They were sitting in the pew and she was trying to get him to sit down again and again. Some of you have had this experience before. And finally she <laughs> leans over and she whispers and she says, sit down now or there will be consequences. And he sits down and he's like, 
wiggling and moving all around and doing this. And then he leans over and whispers to her, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. <laughs> I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. Sometimes when we start to change things, it might feel a bit like that, that there's a different reality happening on the inside than on the outside and vice versa. It feels awkward to think new patterns and to say new thoughts. Like, so prepare for awkward. Prepare for it to not feel normal instead of saying, you know, a discouraging thing to yourself, to speak truth to yourself. But the internal and the external experience can come closer into reality. Because Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's God's desire for you and I to be free, to live as people experiencing the freedom of God. For some of you, that might just be freedom throughout this year to look in a mirror and to share love with yourself as you look back at your own reflection. That's huge. For you to see your giftedness and not your flaws, I guarantee you that love will spill out into every other area of your life. Will you take the time to think about your thinking and to invite God's truth into that place?